Mark, I'll give you a cue here. MMM Agency 100 Studio Sessions. Official Wack Health. Okay, we're rolling. Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz. I'm editor-at-large for MMM, and I'm super excited for you to plug into this episode of A100 Studio Sessions, a new podcast series which gives members of the MMM Agency 100 list an opportunity to riff on what sets them apart. In this episode, we're focusing on the agency Fishawak Health and its evolution and integration efforts. And I'm delighted to be joined by Fishawak Health's recently appointed president, Mariam Reda, and its chief marketing and creative officer, Ryan Mason. In this conversation, we're going to learn more about their experience at Fishawak Health, some of the organizational changes in play to support a better approach to omnichannel marketing, and what differentiates Fishawak Health from other network agencies and commercialization partners. Mario and Ryan, how you doing? And welcome to MNM Studio Sessions. Doing great. Thanks, Mark. How are you? Absolutely doing fine. Thank you. So let's just start out here. Uh, Mario, you've been at Fishawak Health for just a few months. You joined the agency after working at a number of well-known healthcare marketing shops over the years. What attracted you to Fishawak Health? Yeah, you know, I think from the start, every interaction I had with Fishawak in conversations leading up to the new gig, and since I've been here, uh, the, the people here are astounding. Just the, the caliber of talent here, the, the energy of everyone I interact with. Everyone's united behind our purpose and our purposeful vision of, you know, we believe that better health happens when we connect. It's not just, a, you know, a sticker on the wall. It's not just a, a, a handle and a sign off on an email. We, I mean, the folks here believe it and stand behind it. And it's, it's impressive. I think, you know, building around that and above that on the people is, I think, our focus here on integrating the diverse talent and skill sets that we have and bringing all the skill sets together in a really, really uniform way on behalf of our clients, who, of course, are trying to do better things uh, for the health of populations out there. So just, just seeing how that passion and that connectivity comes together and generates an amazing product for our clients and ultimately for patients, that's been the most impressive thing for me and what, what attracted me to Fishoac and what keeps me excited here. Um, and it's, it's, this is a tremendous foundation to build off of. Sure. And, and when your own people are, are jazzed um, about your mission, they become more creative and that makes your work more creative, which benefits people uh, outside the agency and has a you know ripple effect on society. So uh, very important. That, that energy is absolutely contagious. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You're doing very important work. Uh, Ryan, yeah. you grew up, so to speak, a closer look, uh, Chicago firm, uh, well-known in, in the industry, which was acquired by uh, Fishawak Health in uh, May 2021. What about the company has kept you working there beyond the in initial integration phase? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's been that we're at a point now, I think from a leadership perspective, and I think Mario's joining the team has really crystallized this is that we can kind of see through the vision that we joined Fishawak to really accomplish. And I think that that's one of pulling together kind of all the main disciplines in 21st century healthcare marketing strategy, creative data and analytics in a digitally native way, technology, of course, into making better, more meaningful marketing experiences for our clients and their customers. And I think the stars are kind of aligning now. There's a collection of talent. There's been an assembly of 
various agencies and individuals that have come together. And now I think we're poised to do this work at the scale that 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 we aspire to. And in some ways it kind of needs to be done. And when you're pulling all this together, there's a certain scale involved in it. You know, it has to be big mm-hmm. enough. And so I think the, the conditions are right. The stars have aligned and it's it's um it's exciting to be able to kind of move into this next chapter of this journey uh together. Yeah, we should mention also that um, that role is, is reflects a promotion for you uh, to chief marketing creative officer. So congratulations on that. And uh, let's just Thanks. stay with you for a moment on, on your future plans. Can you tell us about more mm-hmm. about the role and, and your vision for it? So I think maybe the, the chief creative part is, is more self-explanatory. I think the combination of chief marketing and creative is a, is a little bit of a, a unique twist. But I think what we are trying to mean by that or signal by that is essentially kind of an extension of what we we're just talking about is, is the synthesis and integration that needs to happen for us to really create campaigns that, that really create meaningful connections with customers. And so I think the, the remit is pulling it all together. Here at Fishawack is an idea that we've been that we've been articulating more and more lately is that you know our job the the reason that we would combine all these capabilities together is so that we can create living brands for our clients and their customers. Living brands are brands that are rooted in relevance. So there's some inherent aspect of these brands that need to evolve and change, right? As the customers they serve change, as the landscape and the context in which they operate change. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a, a, a marketing force that can really do that and do that well and do that at scale. Yeah. The key keywords are rooted in relevance, mm-hmm. I think, is a, is a nice way of encapsulating a lot of the buzzwords you hear today without saying them, you know, like personalization <laughs> and uh, omni-channel, which, you know, entails, you know, better experiences mm-hmm. um, and syn- synchronizing everything. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, Mario, what's, what's your vision now that you're president uh, at Fishwack Health uh, Marketing? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's bringing to life this notion that that we believe in profoundly here that that we can make health better if we if we connect internally and if we connect better with with our clients and with the populations we're meant to serve the internal part of that is connecting better as an organization that has grown substantially through acquisition making sure that that all of all of those amazing organizations that are part of the Fishwack Health family now are are connecting in a in a really effective way and supporting each other brilliantly that's part of it I think the other part of it to Ryan's point earlier is we believe our approach to building brands is to build brands that are, that are alive. So we call it living brands. Living brands adjust and shape and reflect, you know, the environment that they're in and they bring benefit to that environment. And for us to make that environment better for the patient, if, if we're connecting experts in data and analytics, in consulting, in uh, payer and payer strategy, in creativity, advertising and marketing, if we can all come together to create a a brand that's going to live and thrive, we're going to make health better for the people we're meant to serve. So how we do that, though, is I I think if, you know, we've all worked in environments uh, in the healthcare setting, in the agency side, at least, where we, we each had our own little silos of expertise and, and more often than not, those silos of expertise were very, very difficult to connect in real time because we each had our own little, you know, our little fiefdoms and we had to deliver work very, very quickly in those fiefdoms. And it's been very, very difficult in many settings to bring those silos together. I think what Ryan just described in his new role and how he's envisioning creativity is breaking those silos down and saying, if we're going to make people's health better through creativity and we're going to create a brand that's going to be alive and that's going to reflect and shape society, 
we need to really understand what's happening on the ground in society. And so that means we have to have a really good understanding of the data and the metrics around what's happening on the ground. We have to bring those analytics into our creative process, not at the end to validate some thinking that we came up with on our own, you know, not way at the end after something has been released and we're checking to see how well it did, did it generate lift, but way at the beginning to inform what we're planning to do. Um, and and that's that's our vision for Fish About Health is, is how, how do we bring the information that's on the ground that can make people's lives better into the creative process so that we generate a product that's going to make a huge difference. Right. And speaking of, you know, the, the talent mobility, um, I think one of the things I'm hearing, you know, as I as I talk to different agencies as part of the A100 is the realization more than, than I've ever heard of, about the connection between talent's ability to move amongst those formerly different fiefdoms um, and not be limited and how that translates into a more seamless experience for clients, especially when you're talking about an agency that's integrated other agencies and you want to make sure and, and they're maintaining their, what their uniqueness, their brands, but you want to, you want to remove the friction. Um, so talk about how, you know, your approach is different in that regard. Mario, maybe we stick with you on this one. You know, what does that mean? And what does that mean for growth and investment in, in, in the internal teams? Yeah, I, I, I'll start with some advice that I've learned from clients and that I've shared with clients in the past is, you know, how, you know, oftentimes all you need to do is generate a positive first use experience. So, you know, trial is really important. So I, I think part of it for us is, is creating opportunities for trial, for people to experience something new, to sign up voluntarily to try something new and experience the cultures and the skill sets that exist within our organization. Because um, oftentimes that, that, that experience is positive, and once that experience is positive, people on both sides of it want to replicate it. I think, you know, the other part of it is recognizing that diversity of skill and experience and, and background is a, is a really, really positive thing, and it leads to better thinking and better output. So reinforcing that as people learn the organization and move across the organization is another thing that we're piloting here and, and making sure that we share those really, really positive stories. I think the last thing is recognizing that even though we have a unified vision for Fishowack Health, that doesn't mean that the individual portions, the beautiful portions of what made each of those entities special before the acquisition are lost. I think it's recognizing that a lot of the pillars of what made Closer Look or Dudnick or Stone Arch really, really amazing prior to Fishowack Health's acquisition of them, those are still in place and they're all built in to the vision that we have as a collective. And so we're not losing those amazing pillars, we're just building on top of them and share and we share more than we have uh, differences among ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely way to, to look at it. Ryan, can you give your own take on, on what makes your approach unique and maybe give some examples of where you've already executed in this way? Yeah, I think that so some of the the examples of kind of a living brand come to life. Um, I often think about one of the hallmarks of, of that is that there isn't, quote unquote, a brand marketing approach and then an omni-channel or activation approach, but they're symbiotic from the start, quote unquote. The brand ideas that we're having are immediately tested against, well, what kind of experiences would that call us to create, right? And understand back to Mario's point of like, how are our end customers going to experience this? Invariably, it's going to be in a digitally multi-channel, multi-experiential way. So let's make sure ideas from a brand standpoint actually inspire that and vice versa. I think that a great example of a place where we've done this has been in our work with Argenix in Myasthenia Gravis. 
and the work that we've done helping uh, serve the the patients and the supporter community in myasthenia gravis. It's a disease. It's kind of the MS that nobody knows about. And so we're working there on the patient side, both in a disease state education manner, as well as in in supporting the new product that's in market. And and some of the early things that we learned by using data, by using analytics, by sitting down and talking to people, by using kind of a multifactorial or multidisciplinary approach to insight and understanding was that people needed and really wanted to be seen and recognized and understood. They, they, they felt invisible and alienated. And that's not unique in rare disease or frankly in, in any disease, but it was particularly poignant in this, in this space. And so as opposed to just thinking of like a wonderful, beautifully executed, what I'd call kind of like a public service announcement campaign about myasthenia gravis, what we decided to do instead was begin helping people even before the product launched, begin creating. And so we created essentially what we'd call like an omni-channel publication uh, called MG United that was really rooted in the insight that people experienced myasthenia gravis differently and they needed help just getting through daily life, how to live daily life. And so it's essentially like maybe an overly simplified way is like a custom designed magazine or publication for people living with and affected by that, as opposed to an ad campaign. (laughs) We created this thing. And of course there were invitations and advertisement to that experience. But the other thing we we learned is that the community as a whole felt invisible. And if life was going to be better than they kind of wanted and needed the general public and those in their lives to better understand what this disease was. And so we created with the bravery of our clients at Argenics, a documentary film series called A Mystery to Me. And that was part that was brought to them by uh, the community at MG United. It was an online three-part documentary film series depicting three different people and their different journeys and the, like what real life with myasthenia gravis is like. And so those two experiences uh, really allowed us to engage the community. People were opt-in and signed up. That was the cost of admission, right, to the film. Um, and we did some amazing things, virtual premieres and a host of things, but what it allowed us to do is really understand a community and have what I'd call kind of empathy at scale um, so that when we were ready to introduce the product, we were able to do so in a way that that was an extension of, in some ways, the promise, the benefit, the experience that had already been created by Argenex and so Vivgarden. So that would be an example of a different way of going about marketing and thinking about a living brand. And so both the branded campaign as well as the MG United has evolved and it will change and extend and it will be consistent in the way it's recognizable. Sure, sure. You certainly showed a commitment to the MG community, you know, prior to the, to the launch uh, there. So that was really, really a nice example. And then uh, I think in many ways, a commitment to maintain that. Mm-hmm. And I think a big fear of the community is, was this was wonderful, but is this going to go away when you have a product? And Argenix has made that commitment that no, that's not the case. Not just for, I'd say, like humanitarian reasons, but they're really smart business and marketing reasons to do the same in a way that's beneficial for all parties involved. And so it's been wonderful to be part of that and see that come to life. Yeah, yeah. Starting to understand and gain a better appreciation of what what you mean by living brands. Really interesting approach. So kind of a fun question, you know, especially when talking about two creative people like yourself, but, you know, talk about what inspires you, you know, where, where do you get your inspiration from? Ryan, we'll stick, stick with you on this one. Sure. I think that um, growing up in a, in a world that was kind of digital or multi-channel or omni-channel or whatever the next 
you know, moniker of channel is going to be is it, I think what we learned over time was that really our discussions every day and the things that mattered most to us were the, were the entities on the ends of the channel, right? People, customers, healthcare professionals, and brands on the other end. And so it's a really visceral experience when I get to sit with customers, with patients, with supporters, with, with healthcare professionals and hear their wants and needs, and then go and sit with folks in our client organizations who are passionate and really articulate about the stories they want to tell. And it's the motivation to, to forge those connections, the matchmaking there is super inspiring. I'd say may, maybe more on kind of like a personal level as a creative, I spend a lot of time like thinking and listening and watching other creatives, not in my domain of experience and expertise, architects, fashion designers, this and that spend way probably too much time on YouTube, you know, kind of uh, actors, directors watching and he- listening to other people talk about how they create and what goes into that. Um, and in some ways kind of not looking directly at what we do every day, but kind of looking aside a little bit, I've continued to find very inspiring about how to practice better creativity and particularly work in spaces where creativity is essentially collaborative, which is, which is a different thing than kind of a solo act that really fascinates me. Sure. So uh, taking inspiration from, from the creative process uh, uh, amongst great artists and uh, people that excel in, in various lines of work. Yeah. 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 Particularly teams of creatives get me, get me real fired up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mario, how about you? Yeah. You know, not so, not so different from Ryan. Uh, once upon a time when I thought I wanted to be a bench scientist, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in a lab um, studying uh, lung cancer, if you can believe it. And uh, I knew it wasn't for me uh, because it was just so insular. And while, you know, as an introvert, I, I do like the alone time in my head to process things. I just felt like the other part of it that was missing was the interaction with others to be able to kick things around. So what I really love about this industry that, that really inspires me every day is that I get the benefit of both of those things. I, I can be in my head a little bit to think things through strategically, which is always exciting to me. But the really, really inspiring part is, you know, in a conversation either with uh, teammates, like a, a creative conversation on a brief strategy discussion or with a client or potentially with patients or customers of our clients, that moment you have when you're kicking ideas around, you know, united in the, in the mission of making someone's health better somewhere, you're kicking ideas around as to how to get there. And you know, that moment where you have that spark and you see someone's eyes light up and then that person's eyes lights up someone else's spark someone else's creativity and you get to this place as a collective sometimes and often actually it's very disparate people from different walks of life life who maybe in some cases have never even worked together before and you've just created something really special and unique that's going to make a difference that didn't exist before you all sat down together that to me is incredibly inspirational i it's 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 like a drug for me (laughs) that's that's the beauty of working in a creative field i think for folks like us yeah yeah right plenty of opportunities uh to, to get that fix, if you will, in your yeah. line of work. And, uh, you know, I know you, you just started at Fishawak, Mario, but um, getting you to think a little bit more, you know, toward uh, your legacy. What do you want to leave a lasting impression of, you know, there with your, your new role? Yeah, you know, it's, um, I like to look back at things and say, did I, you know, did I have some small hidden opportunity to make something better? for as many people as possible. And so, you know, internally for the organization, to me, what, what I want my legacy to be is 
you know, I helped take an amazing organization to be a little, a little more amazing in slightly different ways. And we did that together. And then beyond that, it, to me, is, and did we make people's lives better outside? And it's not, I know how tropey that sounds. It's not meant to sound tropey. It's uh, I, all, I think all of us at the agency and most of us who work in healthcare, we do this because we, you know, we're, we want to make population health better. And I want to be able to look back at my career and say, I was able to, I was able to do that with some amazing folks at Fishawack. Right, right. Otherwise, we might, might as well be selling sneakers. Nothing against the sneaker guys, but <laughs> Ryan, how about you? I think it's it's very much the same, and I think it's one of the reasons Mario and I have connected as quickly as we have. I think um, one of the phrases that I've learned over the the years is, you know, I, I'd really love to look back at, at our work and feel and know that we helped clients um, do well by doing good that those things don't have to be at odds with each other, particularly in the field that we work in, that would be a very satisfying legacy. And then kind of a little bit more inside baseball, I'd say goes back to kind of where we started the conversation. It, it would be wonderful to kind of look back and also say that we helped transform marketing and biopharma and healthcare to be more human, more meaningful, more inventive, more clever, more data-driven, more tech-enabled. I think that we as an industry haven't always been accused of being the most progressive or the best when it comes to, to marketing. And, it, and I think in many ways, the conditions are changing and stars are aligning to really to change that because what we're dealing with and, and interacting with is so meaningful that why shouldn't we be as good at marketing and connecting with customers as they do when they're, when other folks are selling shoes, you know, that would be wonderful to look back and feel like I had a, played a role in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. And one final question, and I'll let you both go here. This being the A100 Studio Sessions, i like to uh, get each of you to kind of tell me, what was the last song you guys listened to? Uh, Ryan, start with you. That's a good question. Um, I was listening to a song called Garden Song by Phoebe Bridgers, and I find that I, uh, I'll get a song stuck in my head, and then I'll just listen to it on repeat again and again, and it's a wonderful song to do that because it's a... It's a almost like a palindrome like it kind of just it starts it plays and then the end rolls right into the beginning again um and it, it's a kind of trance like so i was listening to that uh, uh yesterday great song nice mario nice well like ryan sometimes when i'm looking for inspiration i i troll youtube uh <laughs> and and it's amazing how much time you can spend on youtube if, if you're not careful <laughs> And I, uh, I, yeah, I stumbled onto this uh, this uh, section of an episode of The Mic Get Loud, where it was uh, Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White um, mm. sharing some of their signature riffs with each other, and each of them learning each other's riffs. And Jimmy Page went into you know how he came up with the riff for Cashmere, and he started talking about the complexity of the riff that I had never that I'd never really appreciated until he isolated it and talked about how he created it and how it repeats on certain intervals. And so I. I I'm embarrassed or maybe proud to say that I listened to Cashmere five or six times last night before I went to sleep. <laughs> That's a good, you know, uh, hour plus uh, listening time yeah. there. Exactly. That's a, yes. that's a great documentary. Um, it really is. That's, the documentary is something worth watching on repeat. <laughs> Again, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, I love, love hearing the, their creative process. It's so much fun to hear that. It gives you a whole new appreciation for, for the music. Exactly. 
Well, to that end, I want to congratulate both of you uh, on your new roles and as you progress in those new positions and make living brands for this agency. Hope we can do this again sometime. Love yeah, to. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the time, Mark. You got it. This has been Mark Yuskowitz for MMM Studio Sessions signing off. Uh, we hope you enjoy this conversation. Stick around for another one. We'll see you next time.